The Bible says He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. That means that He will do what He said He would do every single time. He will not vary. He will not waver. He will do what He said. Why? Because He is faithful and true. And we thank God for that. I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me tonight. John chapter 1. Let's look to God's Word together in John chapter 1. And I want you to think with me about some things here tonight. Along this theme of following and finding. Make a note of that. Following and finding. We're going to note the scriptures here. And I want you to underline the word follow or followed, following, and finding, findeth. Think about how those go hand in hand, opposite sides of the same coin. Jesus here is beginning His public ministry. John the Baptist has declared, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. This is the Messiah. This is the one we've been waiting for. We have hoped for all of our days. And this is He. This is the Christ. And so, as Christ is being introduced, there are those who are responding to Him. And the Bible says in verse 37, And the two disciples heard Him speak, and they followed Jesus. Underline that. They heard Him, and they responded in faith, and they followed Him. They didn't just stand there and say, well, I believe you and, you know, you kind of go your way and we're going to keep going our way. No, they followed him. Then Jesus turned and saw them following, underline that again, and saith unto them, what seek ye? They said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say, being interpreted, Master, where dwellest thou? He saith unto them, come and see, underline that. Think about that, come and see. Learn of me. They came and saw where he dwelt and abode with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two which heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother, Simon, and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is, being interpreted, the Christ, the promised one the anointed one, sent from God. And he brought him to Jesus. Underline that. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. The day following, Jesus would go forth into Galilee and findeth Philip and saith unto him, Follow me. Now Philip was of Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip findeth Nathanael and saith unto him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said unto him, Can there any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip saith unto him, Come and see. Think about that. Come and see. We should be a kind of church that says to this community, come and see. Who is this Christ? 
What are y'all about? What do you preach there? What do you teach? What do you represent at this church? We had a couple visit with us today. They said they moved recently just down the street, and they said, we've been riding by the church every day and thought we would come and visit. We'd come and see what's going on there. We'd come and, and introduce ourselves and, and learn about who you are and what you're doing here in this community as a local church. Where are you going? I think about that. And I think about what God wants us to purpose and determine in this new year. You see the correlation between following Jesus and then finding, seeking others. Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. Let me ask you, are you on a seeking search and rescue even mission for God with the gospel this year? Who are you looking for, seeking after? Who will you come across and bring them to the Lord, point them to Him? The Bible says, think about this, Andrew, verse 41, first findeth his own brother, Simon, and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah. Listen, we have found the one who's been looking for us all along. It's amazing. People say, I've been looking for God. If you've been looking for God, that's because God has been looking for you. God is after you. God is seeking you out. No man can come unto the Father except he be drawn. And God is seeking such as should worship Him in spirit and in truth. And so Christ, the great seeker, seeking us out, And he said, we found the one who's been looking for us. We've been looking for him, but all along we know that he was seeking us out. The Bible says, and verse 42, he brought him to Jesus. Would you underline that? And I ask tonight, who will you bring to Jesus this year? Who is on your radar, your heart? Do you have a prayer list? Do you have a list of people who need the Lord? Starting with your own loved ones, you say, who am I going to bring to Jesus? I, I don't know a lot of people out here, and I, I just, I'm not good at getting out and about and talking to people. Okay, well, let's not, not do what God has given us to do because of Over here, that's not where we're at. Let's just start where we are with who's before us. Our own loved ones. He findeth, he first findeth, verse 41, he first findeth his own brother Simon. He started with his own family. When I got saved, I wanted immediately my family members to be saved. I started praying for them, started witnessing to them, started getting them the gospel. I'll never forget, my brother was a a singer at Mount Pleasant High School, and he came in late one Friday night. I was late because of work, and so I'd get off about midnight, and I'd get home, and then I'd already gotten home, and he came in later. He'd been out and about after a football game, and I said, where have you been? Oh, I've been out, you know, with my friends and all, and I just asked him, I said, Terry, when are you going to get serious about serving God with your life? That's all I said, and he didn't say anything. He looked away and went to his bedroom. And I thought, oh, well, no response. 
He told me later on, he said, that cut me to the heart. I went to my bedroom and I thought in my heart, I need to give my life to God. I need to get right with God. I wanted my own brother to be saved and serve the Lord with his life. Thank God he's preaching tonight up at Heritage Baptist Church in Concord where he pastors. Other loved ones I prayed for, I witnessed to. I'm still praying for my loved ones who don't know the Lord. But I, I think about an uncle that I prayed for for years. He got to where his health was failing, and I went to visit him in the hospital. He was not of clear mind that day. And so I talked to him, gave him the gospel, had prayer with him. But I told Terry, I said, Terry, would you go by and visit him and uh, see if you could talk to him about the Lord? A couple days later, Terry walked by into his room early one morning. He said he had his clear mind. I said, Terry, how you doing? He said he was just as alert as could be. And I sat there and I showed him how he could be saved. And he asked the Lord to save him. Shortly thereafter, he went into eternity. Think about that. Thank God that God gave him a clear mind for a moment of space of grace to get that matter settled. But I'd prayed for him. Terry had for years and for years. Who is on your heart? Who are you going to pray that God will let you bring to him this year? He first findeth his own brother. You see the correlation? I mean, it's amazing. As they were following Jesus, then they went looking for others and, and they found them following and finding. The Bible says, And he brought him to Jesus, verse 42, And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. God sees us for who we are. He knows everything about us. Thou shalt be called Cephas. And he knows who we can become. And how he can use us as he works in our lives. He said, Peter, I know everything there is to know about you. And I know how you sometimes speak out of turn. I know you have your own failings and flaws. And you will stumble along the way. But also know that you will be a pillar in my church. Isn't that wonderful? I know that you will be a leader that I will use. And you will be a man of faith and a man of strength and courage when you come back to me, when you are converted, after you've been emptied out. And I ask you a question tonight. Have you ever been emptied? Have you ever been emptied? Some of us, the reason we're not following the Lord fully and one way you know you're following the Lord or not is, is you're finding people who need the Lord. You're looking for them. And if you're not looking for people to give them the gospel, you're not following the Lord. I, I think we need to get away from this illusion. I'm saved. I love God. I've been raised in church. You know, I go to church all the time. Who, who are you seeking after to give the gospel? Because if you're not seeking after the lost to give the gospel to someone, if you're following the Lord... At best, you're following him afar off like Peter did and look at the mess it got him in. Isn't that right? What did Jesus say in Matthew chapter 4? Follow me and I will make you to become fishers of men. 
If we follow the Lord, we will be fishing for men. We will be seeking after those who need Him. We will be following God and finding others. Hey, here's someone who needs the Lord. Here's someone who needs the gospel. Here is someone you say, wow, their life is a mess. God knows all about who we are in our sin. But He also knows who we can become in His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He knows what He can do. The power of the gospel to change someone's life. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. A new heart, a new start, a new day. God can take someone bound by sin and deliver them and set them free. And they can be a mighty witness for God. Think about that. That's the power of the gospel. Don't you want to witness that in people's lives this year? Don't you want to see some people saved? That's the heart of God. That's the heart of God for this church and for this city that will not just kind of minister to ourselves and keep to ourselves and just see how we can kind of uh, look out for each other and that's kind of our chief end. We need to look out for each other. But I'll tell you what, we need to point each other back to the Lord and say, hey, let's follow Jesus because if we follow Jesus, we're going to be seeking after those who need Him. We're going to be finding the lost. We're going to be going to where they are and bringing them to Him. The Bible says, I think it's amazing, Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. Oh, what God can do in someone's life. See the possibilities of your life. What you can become in Christ. Some people say, well, I, I could never do this and such. Rebecca told me, I could never speak before ladies. I remember a, a lady here years ago, years ago. I led her husband to the Lord. And she told me, she said, Pastor, please don't ever ask me to sing in the choir. I'll do anything, but one thing I cannot do is stand in front of people and sing. One day... She joined the choir and sometime later said, Pastor, it's the greatest thing you ever asked me to do. I love singing in the choir. See what you can become, what God can make you into. There are things that God has equipped you with and put in your heart that you don't even see in yourself, but God sees them. God knows what you can become. And there's a life yet in His service that you may not even be aware of. That you don't even know that God has mapped out for you. It may be in, in some kind of musical realm. It may be in some kind of writing realm or speaking or teaching realm. It, it could be in all kinds of different realms. But yet God has put something in your heart. And as you follow Him, He's going to bring that out. Sometimes it takes people just saying, hey, you know, you're pretty good at that. Me? I don't think much about me. I, I, I never thought of myself being able to do that. Well, I think you do a good job at that. Isn't it amazing how some people that have ability that they can't see in themselves? But God sees it. I would hope this would be the kind of church where people would come and they wouldn't be 
beat back or beat down or beat up all the time. We're so nothing. We're so nobody. I can't even believe it. I understand all that. Come on. We're not talking about who we are outside of Christ. Because, yeah, it's a pretty bad picture, right? We're talking about who we are in Jesus Christ. The hope of glory. We can become so much more in Christ. This should be a place of hope, a place of prospect, a place of potential. What God can do. We should live with a spirit of expectation. What can God do? What will God do if we'll pray and pursue Him and follow Him? This is not just something we do in our own wisdom, our own strength, our own ability. No, this is the work of the living God of heaven. And He's at work in converting people, changing them, taking them out of darkness, putting them into light, taking them from spiritual death and giving them spiritual life. This is the God of heaven. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ and its power. As God transforms us from within, God can use you. My father-in-law was 20 years old. He said he'd been to the altar multiple times as a young man as Did I or was I at the altar many times? He said, I'd made professions of faith, but I I never really was at a place to where it was sincere. He said, when I finally got that settled, 20 years old, an evangelist looked in the back of the auditorium during the invitation one day, and he caught his eye. He said, young man, God can use you. I mean zeroed in on him. God can use you. And he stood there and said, what? Me? God can use someone like me? By the way, some of us, we're on the other side of that. Surely, God can use someone like me. I mean, come on. What a gift I am to him. God deliver us from us, right? God deliver us from that kind of spirit. What a gift I am to everyone else. Who would not want my giftedness? Well, if it's more about yourself than it is the Lord, God's not interested, not even Him. Yes, we should be humble. Lord, could you use someone like me? But don't stay there because God says, yes, someone like you is who I want. He doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. He doesn't... Look for those who are strong. He looks for those who are weak to confound the wise. God takes someone who realizes that they're insufficient apart from Him. They're limited. They can only go so far. And He says, give me who you are and what you have and let me show you what I can do with it. Isn't that amazing? Some people will never be used of God because their gift is to serve them instead of serving Him and others. And that's where the Pharisees, see, they were proud. They were puffed up. They were lifted up with their knowledge of the Bible. They thought, you know, we we are worthy. We are deserving. We keep everything just like God says to keep it. And surely He is blessed to have us. Oh, no, friend. It's exactly opposite. We are blessed to have Him. But to know this. He didn't save us just to sit here. He saved us to develop us into the image of His dear Son.
to develop that character, that heart, that mind, that spirit within. And as we yield to Him, to allow the working of the Holy Spirit to develop, to draw out even His purposes in each of our lives. Oh, what we can become in Him. Remember, when you think of Gideon and how he cowered and hid, and in his time of hiding away, shivering perhaps, the angel of the Lord says, Thou mighty man of valor. What? Don't look too courageous to me. See, here's the thing. The world sees people and says, wow, I'm drawn to their natural talent and ability and strength. And so we think that's the way God works. See, God's exactly opposite. God's drawn to our weaknesses. We look at somebody, oh, God can use someone like that. Look how courageous. Look how talented. Look how gifted. Surely God can use someone like that. And then someone over here hiding out, cowering. Oh, come on. God can't use anyone like that. And yet the Lord kind of looks at the two and it's like, you're good, you don't even need me. You, you, you think you, you're, you're plenty sufficient on your own, so help yourself. I'll tell you who I'm drawn to. This young man over here, this young lady over here who just says, Lord, I can't, I can't do anything. I, I don't know if you can use someone like me. And the Lord says, well, yes, I can. Come on. Come on, let me show you what I can do with your life. Isn't that wonderful? Thou art Simon. Thou art Simon. Thou shalt be called Cephas. Thou art, thou shalt be. God sees you who you are, where you're at, but he also sees what you can become. I can't imagine. I was listening to a preacher preached recently from years ago a recording. And boy, was, was he country. I listened to one of my first messages here almost 34 years ago. I literally could not understand the language I was speaking in. I, I'm as honest as I can be. I thought, how could the words, the accent was so heavy. The clarity just wasn't there. And I'm thinking, Lord have mercy. No wonder some people, I'm sure, looked at me and just shook their head and said, we're calling this guy? I'm telling you, all God's looking for is a heart. It's all he's looking for. The eyes of the Lord go to and fro looking for those whose hearts are perfect, sincere, upright toward him. Lord, I don't know how you can use me, and I don't see how you could use me, but if you can, here I am, Lord. And the Lord says, well, I'll take you. And I can do what you can't. Trust me. Just follow me. And if you follow the Lord, then that's what you become. You become someone who is seeking after others, fishing for men. You're looking for them and finding them and bringing them to Him. And I ask again tonight, who will you bring to the Lord? This 2023 has come and gone and is just... And here we all are already well into January. The first week of January is gone. We just marked the new year this. I mean, come on. Here we are. 
Now I'm telling you, 2024 is going to come by, come and go, and it's going to be gone before we know it. If we're not careful, there's so many of us won't even give the gospel to one person. Won't invite one person to the Lord. And we may be faithful Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and involved in the ministry of this church and never tell people about Jesus. I'll tell you what, friend, that is not biblical Christianity. It's not biblical Christianity. Biblical Christianity is following Christ and fishing for men. That's what it's all about. Look with me over in 1 Corinthians. Turn there briefly for a moment. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I want you to see the heart of Paul. He had such a heart for the Lord. He said that his great expectation, his earnest expectation, his greatest desire was that Christ be made known through his life and his body even magnified in his body, whether by life or by death. That was his greatest, highest goal. Notice what we read, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. For I determined, would you underline that? The word determined here, now think about it. It's not only that I made up my mind, but here's the thought. It's, it's a mental or, and or a judicial thought here. For I determined, I look at the evidence, and I determined what was right before God. And when I embraced what was right, I did that also by rejecting and denouncing what was wrong. I had such a zeal to do what was right, I rejected what was wrong. So I determined, do you see the strength of that? I am not going to do that. I'm going to do this instead. It's not like, well, I just made up my mind. It, there's a strength behind that that says, that's not right before God. That's not what God wants. That does not honor God. In fact, it dishonors God. I'm rejecting that so that I can accept and embrace the other what does please God. So he says, I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I'm going to put my emphasis on the gospel in advancing the gospel. That's what God wants in your life and mine as His followers. That's what He wants in the life and ministry of this church. He wants us just simply to be obedient Christians following Him, finding others. And by the way, if you follow the Lord, there's plenty of people you'll find as you go day to day that you can give the gospel to. He said, now I've made up my mind. There comes a time to where you take inventory, you assess where you are, you assess where you've come from and where you've been, say, in the past year, and then where you're going. And then you say, well... If where I've been and what God has done is sufficient and all that I pray for, all right, just keep doing what you're doing. No need to change. But there also comes a time where you say, but wait a minute. I could be a more faithful witness. I could see God bear more fruit through my life, and that is my desire. So, Lord, show me what needs to change in my life that I need to make up my mind. No, I need to reject that. So I can embrace fully what you have for me. If you don't do that, friend, you're just going to be carried about with the circumstances of life, following feelings, emotions, 
uh, opinions, all that the world will rail at you and hurl your way. I don't want to live like that. I want to make up my mind. We're going to make Christ known. We're going to follow him fully. And we're going to seek after others who need Christ. When I was at the Metropolitan Tabernacle years ago in London, England, that's the church where Spurgeon pastored. I thought it was interesting. I actually went on a Wednesday night in a cab. And when we got out there at the curb right in front of the tabernacle, it was a busy, busy, large city. People walking everywhere, getting off work, and the sidewalks were full. But there were witnesses standing in front of the tabernacle with literature. Said, hey, could I give you this as the crowds were walking by? They were giving out gospel literature and even CDs in that day, you know, messages and inviting people. Let me give you something here. Let me. And then as people would pause and they'd have an opportunity, they would invite them in and say, we actually have a Bible study that's starting here in just a little while if you would like to stay. So when we got out of this taxi, when we stepped out into the sidewalk, they came up to us and handed us the literature and told us, we're having service here. And we said, we, we actually came to be a part of your service. And I was like, wonderful. Come on in. We're glad to have you. They had people all out in the street there on the sidewalk, giving out the gospel, inviting people in. But I was there another time, and it was a Sunday morning. And the bottom of the uh, church uh, auditorium there was filled, and so we had to take the steps up to the balcony. And on my way up to the balcony, there was a man from the church who kind of walked up behind me and said, Sir, excuse me. And I, I looked at him. He was walking up. And I said, Yes, sir. He said, You're a visitor today. And I said, Yes, I am. He said, Where are you from? And I said, I'm from the States. I'm from North Carolina. And uh, he said, Well, welcome to the tabernacle. We're glad to have you here. He said, Could I ask you something? We're walking up the steps right before church starts. And I said, Yes, sir. And he said, Could I ask you, sir, if you are a Christian? Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? I said, yes, I do. In fact, I'm a pastor. And I pastor a church there in the greater Charlotte area of North Carolina. He said, oh, that's wonderful, wonderful. Well, welcome. Thank you for being here today. May the service be a blessing to you. They said in Spurgeon's day, he trained his congregation, and they would call him like the hound dogs of heaven. You could not, as a visitor, show up on that property and someone would not graciously, not forcefully, but graciously look for an opportunity to point you to Jesus. Could I ask you if you're a Christian? Do you know the Lord? Could I show you how to be saved? you have a moment before you leave today? Friend, if we're not careful, we actually have visitors. Every week people come in. They should never leave this property without someone saying, could I ask you, do you know the Lord? Are you a Christian? Have you ever trusted Christ as your Savior? Do you have a moment? One thing we've done, and we've got them on the Welcome Center here now, every family that visits with us or individual will get a copy of the New Testament and a discipleship booklet to take with them. I mean, that's not something we're going to wait and drop by as a follow-up visit, if they never come back, they will have gotten a copy of the Word of God 
at a discipleship booklet. You say, well, why that? Well, I read the story of a man who used to play basketball for the University of North Carolina. He was actually living in the Monroe area years ago, and God was drawing him unto himself because he went from there and played in the NBA and played over in Europe and, uh, and really pursued that, but his life kind of got off track so far, and he thought, I need God. And he went over here by Maranatha Bookstore that used to be off Walk-Up Avenue. Some of you remember where that was? And he walked in there, and he asked the lady for a Bible. He got a Bible, and he said, Now, is there any book you could recommend here that would actually help me understand what I'm reading in the Bible? And she pointed out a Matthew Henry commentary. <laughs> now, if you know Matthew Henry commentary, uh, that's a great commentary, and I use it. But it is very, very technical and language-heavy. I mean, and even small print little teeny tiny because it's so voluminous. It's amazing. He said, so I went and I took that and I kind of just hold up in my house until I could figure out between the Bible and this commentary how I could know God. And I got saved. Now he's traveling everywhere pointing people to the Lord. Isn't that amazing? But God spoke to my heart and said it would be a shame for people to come to shining light and then them go away and say, well, I've got the Bible, but I don't even have any idea how to understand any of this. So we've got a marked edition. <laughs> so they can look at that and they could be taken through the gospel and what pages the verses are in. But then I thought, here he was, needing to be followed up on. I thought, I'm going to put a discipleship booklet in everybody's hand because we've got to be serious about giving out the gospel. We're not just meeting here. This is not the Lions Club. This is not just a religious organization. This is not just a gathering of us every week and we go home. No, we're being equipped to do the work of the ministry, right? We will give ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. What is God going to have to do for us to be determined now, I've made up my mind, this is what we're going to give ourselves to this year. I tell you this because it was real tender to my heart as I woke up early this morning. Some of us, we have dreams that are real vivid, right? Do you ever wake up tired from a vivid dream? It was so real. And it's like, my goodness. I'm always having dreams that it's time to preach and I can't find my Bible. And, and I'm, I'm thinking, it's time for church to start. Where's my Bible? Where did I lay that thing? Or I stepped out, I'm speaking somewhere else, and I stepped out, and, uh, and I can't find my way back to the auditorium. Got lost in the Sunday school wing in the basement. And yet it's time to start. I'm always having dreams like that. I wake up so tired. Because I'm so anxious trying to get back to church. Oh, I could tell you about it. I've had so many. I could see them right now, so vivid. But I had a dream last night. You know, we dedicated a little Liam last week. And I told him about a picture I had of Cecil and Connie and, and Will when he was a little baby being dedicated over in the chapel. So I looked that up this week, and I can still see that young Cecil Hams. And I told Rebecca today, I said, I had a dream about Cecil Hams last night, and it was the young Cecil. And I said, here was the dream. When I saw him, he had a big smile on his face and was bringing a husband and a wife to me. 
here at church to introduce them to me and say, Preacher, I want you to meet these folks. I invited them to church. That was Cecil Hams right there. Always seeking after the lost and bringing people to Jesus. It was so tender to me because he was so excited. I can see that big smile on his face. Preacher, preacher, I want you to meet these folks. Hey, come on up here. And, and, and I started talking to them, and, and, and it was so real. And then all of a sudden, I woke up. And I thought, Lord, give us some more Cecil's this year. Who would just simply say, hey, I want to just bring somebody to Jesus. I just want somebody to come and hear the gospel so they can be saved and forgiven like God saved me. And I ask you tonight, will you be someone that will say by the grace of God, I'm going to follow Jesus, but I'm going to look for the lost and I'm going to find them. Because if you look for them, you will find them. They're everywhere. And God helping me, I'm going to bring them to him this year. God helping me, I'm not going to do anything but make sure that people know the Lord. That's my highest priority. And if you're neglecting that and you're not doing that, tonight would be a good night to say, Lord, it's time for me to get my priorities rearranged. It's time for me to look for opportunities to be a witness, to give the gospel out, and to point people to you in this new year. Oh, how many people we've seen saved through the years. How many people I've baptized, especially as he headed up our bus ministry. And people everywhere you go in this city still ask about Mr. Cecil. They still ask about him. You know what? I'm praying for bus workers. I'm praying that God would send us more laborers, starting with you and me within what God can do with us. Because it's not rocket science. Just take some prayer and some work. Isn't that right? Roll up your sleeves and go after it. You're not just going after a ministry. You're going after people with the gospel. Aren't you glad someone came after you with the gospel? I rejoice that the Lord has changed my life and given me the privilege to show others how He can change theirs. Let's stand tonight with our heads bowed.